Hello, listeners, and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. This week, I'm putting out the episode a bit early as we want to support a local event happening here. The Northwest Cup Tasters League is having a coffee tasting competition October 1st at QED Roasters in Seattle. We'll mention this during the show as well. Today, we're joined by Neil Oni, Director of Coffee for Cloud City Coffee and El Diablo in Seattle. He's a wonderful person and very knowledgeable and skilled in the tasting of coffee. Uh, cupping is a topic we've touched on a number of times. It's a tool we use frequently for discovery in coffee, and we felt it important to dig in and talk about this process specifically. The show we perhaps travel a bit down some tangents and maybe get a little into the weeds. Uh, I encourage you, if you have any interest in tasting coffee, to listen through to the end, as there are some real gems here. As always, the show is supported by Coffee Lovers Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Check out the magazine at coffeeloversmag.com and grab some wonderful coffee at conduitcoffee.com. Jesse has his new honey-processed Costa Rica that is a real treat. Uh, we actually talk about it briefly on the show. Um, highly recommend that coffee. Our co-sponsor is the Craft Coffee Institute. After listening to the show today, if you have further interest in cupping, the Craft Coffee Institute is a fantastic resource. Check out their Introduction to Cupping class, and you can learn online live with their expert trainers. Visit craftcoffeeinstitute.com. Welcome to another show of Coffee Lovers Radio. I'm sitting with Jesse, of course, we're at Condo Coffee, and we have guest Neil Oni today. Hi. Hi, Neil. So on the last show, we were talking about what do you do if your coffee's bitter, and we got on a few uh, tangents, and then we went and we messed around with uh, Dark Roast, which may or may not end up being a show. It's great. Did you talk about how Dark Roast needs to be under-extracted in order to make it taste good? Yeah, kind of, actually. We Under-extraction were... is key. Interesting. Coffee. I do a lot of dark roast coffee. Yeah. So. I think Michael would be interested in talking to you. Well, it's true. I mean, that's why you adjust the grind. Right. Exactly. That one, you know, obviously for espresso, but it's, you go a little coarser. And yeah, dark roast coffee is way more soluble, so you end up with a lot more active coffee extraction with a dark with a, a coarser grind. Yeah. And well, even that batch that Michael brought to the table today. We did die. Uh, he had a gene cafe. He just uh-huh. got in the mail. Just a friend lent, lent it to him. So he brought it over and we roasted up a batch. It was terrible. I mean, it was like a 15, 16 minute batch outside, you know, mm-hmm. so, but it, it went way past Most first Most gene press. cafes are usually like eight or nine minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was just too cold. Right. But we put that on the table for the heck of it. I meant to bring in coffee today and I didn't. Sorry. So we, uh, we felt that, uh, kind of going on the subject of tasting coffee would be a good idea. And that's why you're here. Okay, awesome. Well, I got very excited because we've had this email exchange about some of these events. Right. The conduit's sort of in on the circuit of these, right. if you will. Um, and the next one coming up is is about tasting coffee. And we're always looking for guests and good reason mm-hmm. to... So what's that event? That's the... Uh, it's a cup tasters competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're doing is uh, it's a triangulation so what you have say you've got three cups of coffee two of them are the same and one of them is different and your job is to figure out which one is different based on the flavors Mm. Um, and there's varying ways to do that Uh, sometimes it's very easy sometimes it's very not easy Um, but 
it just takes a sort of trained palate to be able to identify what flavors you're looking for and then separate them from the other ones. Yeah. You know. uh, so before we dive further in, yeah. perhaps you could tell us a little bit about yourself and what you about do. About me. Okay. Then, yeah. um, I am the director of coffee. Uh, whatever that means, for Cloud City Coffee and El Diablo Coffee, and we're about to open a new store early next year in Ballard. It's going to be called Royal Drummer. <laughs> and um, and so basically I'm in charge of training all of the staff members at the store for coffee and guiding the ship for quality and things like that. Um, it's a really great job. So Very yeah, cool. It's fun. <laughs> well, you've always done pretty amazing jobs as far as... I've tried. At least lately. Yeah. I've known you forever, but. I've had some fun jobs. Managed <laughs> coffee shops. I owned a company for a little while doing training and consulting in New York and helped open a bunch of shops back there. And, yeah. what, what, can I ask which uh, shops you're involved in there? Are they still around? In New York? Uh, well, I had a very small part in opening very many shops. So hmm. I helped with every man getting started <laughs> and helped them do their thing. Um, I helped, let's see, there's, there is a place in Soho whose name I can't remember right now, so I'm just going to keep talking and talking <laughs> okay, until cool. I can um, find it, um, but it's not in my brain right now. Sure. Um, Everyman's probably the most famous, it's the one that everybody's heard of. Uh, I've worked with a bunch of places. Um, my, my first coffee roaster that I worked for was Plowshares Coffee in New York. Um, Plowshares is an amazing mm -hmm. coffee roaster based out of New York, uh, and they make fantastic coffee, and hopefully we'll be serving them at the new store when it opens up. They were way ahead of the curve, weren't they? They oh, were yeah. roasting for a while. And for such a small <coughs> shop, they, for such, such a small roaster, it was he's just doing amazing things. Right. Um, I felt like it came up in Coffee Fest in like 2010 or something. Oh, yeah. He started, I think, in 2006 or seven, mm -hmm. and was just... Nice. He bought the roaster and made just didn't even sell any coffee for a year he burnt through 600 pounds of coffee learning how to use the roaster and then used that for fertilizer and then started finding finding accounts like that is ridiculous <laughs> yeah, interesting oh. uh so well, Jesse's coming from the, the previous episodes with bitterness and the, right, yeah. the dark roast and talk about extraction. Um, and we, yeah, before that, uh, so two episodes ago, we were messing with the bloom. Right. Okay. And, and we've talked about tasting the aged coffee that we did that aged test. Oh, yeah. Last year almost. You know, we've we've done a lot of things and basically it comes down to this idea of cupping coffee very often or brewing it in a way that's consistent. Um and that's where I feel like we've kind of maybe skipped over why or how professionals do that and why it's important. Mm -hmm. And also how fun it is. Yeah. Well, that's, that's so what fun is the big thing finding, you know, cause coffee is a, um, agricultural product. Right. And so every coffee tastes a little bit different and you could say every coffee tastes like coffee. Sure. But that's boring, but cause some coffees taste are more fruity. They're more fruit forward, depending on the, um, on the processing method or where they're coming from or anything like that. And so part of what makes my job worth doing is finding these fantastic coffees that people like Jesse have found first and saying, Oh my God, this one tastes like grapefruit and pulled pork and, and pulled pork. I don't know. You know, mm. there's no wrong answers. That's we what call I tell it the Luau. Yeah. Slap some cheese on there. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's the, the Hawaiian pizza of coffee. 
<laughs> I want to find a coffee that tastes like Hawaiian pizza now. All right. Um, <laughs> Might be a blend. But, you know, and that's, that's what we like. We like to be able to find really interesting coffees, and that's not what I always want, the really interesting things. Sometimes I wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I want to shove caffeine in my face. But for the most part, I'm drinking a coffee, and I'm saying, is this something I've ever had before? Also, does it taste good? Mm-hmm. Um, those are sort of the two things that I'm looking for. Usually, does it taste good, and then is it something that I've never had before? Right. Because it's just like with beer. I'm having this delicious beer right now, and... Um, I haven't had it before, and it's delicious. K E X P, transistor IPA. Yeah, yeah, it's very great. Roast a Speaking lot of, of coffee. K E X P roasts a lot of coffee. Uh, we roast a lot of coffee to that to radio give station. Them. Yes, they're very good people. So no, just having the radio on. Oh, most, most I of said, our coffee is just has the well, vibrations them, of K E X P. You give them coffee on occasion too, don't you? We like to give our gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wait, so they make their own beer? Uh, this is scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt. Oh, okay. I yeah, see. but it's a it's a. Isn't Scuttlebutt based out of Everett? It is. Yeah. It's a oh, fundraiser basically for their new home, at the Seattle Center. Very good. They're going to have a coffee program there. We're definitely going to have an episode about that coming up. I'm sure. Hmm. Uh, they're partnering with La Marzocco mm-hmm. and doing a really fly, multi roaster, very educational coffee experience. Right, but like back to beer, mm-hmm. which we're already talking and tasting. about and tasting. Um, I've had beers that I've never had before and tastes like crap, and I don't ever want to have it again. And then I have beers that taste really good and that I've also never had before, and then I want to have it. And it's right. the same with coffee. And go spend your money on it. And Right, and go spend my money on it. Exactly. Um, so I've completely lost point of what the original question was, which is why we do it. Is that what it was? Uh yeah, I guess the the importance and of, of the importance like of why tasting. why right. cupping itself is why something cup- okay. that you Jeez, I am all over the place. Um, <laughs> this beer is good, though, which is right, all right. Yeah. I mean, I was worried it was, I wasn't going to like it. I So was I. I was going to buy it because KXP <laughs> has its name on it, but right. it's good. Um, so why is cupping important? Cupping. So if anybody who's listening hasn't done a cupping, or you guys, I'm sure you've never talked about cupping before in this on this podcast. Well, we've, we've mentioned it. We had a show Somebody. with Courtney Kern right. uh, a while back. Oh well, yeah. We talked a lot about tasting coffee, and we we talked about. I mean, we talked about coffee a bit, right? Okay. Bit, uh, more as, uh, as well, but I think just uh, diving into the spe- uh, specifics of it. Um, I just spent all why of people last do week it and how you people. do it. Right. Um, I don't know. I'd like people listening to this to come away with it and go, well, maybe mm-hmm. I should try cupping this coffee that I have. Yeah. Ultimately, ultimately means drinking your coffee with a spoon, mm-hmm. and enjoying every sip of it thoroughly. Or deciding or whether you're going to enjoy every sip. Tasting of it. every yeah. sip of it. Tasting thoroughly. every sip. Hopefully, of it. enjoy it. When we yeah. get really nice coffees, we'll get samples from 90 plus and those guys, and you know, they're small samples anyways. But even just make a cupping bowl and uh-huh. absolutely. It's one of my favorite things to do: is roast Many coffee and only need eight and a quarter uh, grams of coffee rather right. than 30 to make a Chemex. Right. So, so um, it's how we all get away with sharing really nice coffees and never having to pay for them. Yeah, I've had some amazing <laughs> coffees that I haven't had Secret to pay for. Pros tip. <laughs> Um, yes, thank you, 90 plus. <laughs> I, uh, so I just spent all last week teaching people how to cup coffee at Barista Camp. So this is a thing that we just talked about, which is why do we cup coffee? And we cup coffee for varying reasons. The primary reason is for somebody at Jesse's level when he's buying coffee from a coffee farmer will um, choose which ones he likes, try and find defect, decide what it's worth, things like that. And then at my level at retail, we're taking the coffee that Jesse has roasted 
or you know Tony's coffee, which who we use at Diablo and Cloud City. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and now everybody's gonna be suspicious. <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, tasting tasting all of their coffees so that we know what it tastes like, so we can tell what our tell our customers which ones we like and what tastes good. And like somebody comes in and says, "I like a coffee that tastes like." caramel and cinnamon I'm going to say well you should buy this Mexico Nayarita or somebody else comes in and says I want something that tastes like blueberries and I say buy the Ethiopia Adato Um, because (laughs) we just cupped some of that today Ah. do a lot of people this is just a side question do you have a lot of people who come in uh, already with these like flavors in mind of what they want not so much it's usually there's a conversation that happens Um, you know my my number one question is always do you want a morning coffee or an afternoon coffee and I explain that as Morning coffee is usually simple and sweet and clean, and you can drink it. And you don't have to think about it very much. Or there's an afternoon coffee that tastes crazy, like blueberries mm-hmm. or, or fruit or whatever, and you drink one sip of it, and you go, holy crap, what is this? And you start reading Nietzsche and, you know, thinking about it, you know? Right. Um, and, and they'll go one way or the other. 99% of the time, they say, I drink my coffee in the morning, and I serve them something that is morning coffee. Right. You know, but... A lot of people don't want to be challenged by that kind of cup of coffee first thing. Exactly. Um, I, I don't want to. I, it, I let the baristas decide mostly. Mm-hmm. You know, places like when they have the multi roasters, or I trust everything that they have on bar. But if they're feeling particularly good about something, or they know it's good, or my type, mm-hmm. you know, then I trust right. them. But yeah, it's very much, very much what you're saying. I like that. I like the morning and afternoon. There's some places, uh, Passion Health Coffee in Chicago uses music terms so there's like they have experimental coffees they have mainstream coffees they have ambiance coffee you know it's all based on music um which is really interesting way to do it that is i like a lot of people have come up with very interesting ways to differentiate their coffees from each other so (laughs) with so i'm just interrupting you Mm -hmm. with with a pseudo question Please, I've run out of answer to the last question. <laughs> I feel like I should go into politics. Why do you like coffee? Look, this beer's really nice. Mm-hmm. America's all about freedom and choice. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he did the... It's good for radio. Is the, it the the, uh, the Bob Dole? The, it's the Bob no, Dole this point. is the Bill Clinton. The Bill Clinton. Oh, is that the Bill Clinton? I it's, thought this was the Bob Dole. Well, maybe, but okay. Bill Clinton certainly did, too. He did. He had the I took, thumb. Yeah. I took AP government in 1996, mm-hmm. and so it was the entire time was just Bob Dole versus Bill Clinton. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. I have a bumper sticker, an old one there on the side of that. Dole, for, Dole for pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> Now I want to do some political thing with coffee. I'm okay. I'm on the um, Palpatine Vader ticket this year, personally. <laughs> Join us or die. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I feel like I should join it. Uh, <laughs> or else. Yeah, where, where are we? Anyway, you were about to ask. So the importance of of the <laughs> of taste in the cup of coffee and taste in the the beer and how you know cupping is what sort of professionals do. Right. We use it, I mean, it's at every level from accessing, like, the, the defects or anything like that, the farm level, and all the way up at every level, importers and exporters, and mm-hmm. everybody cups coffee. Because it's, I guess, what is cupping coffee, and why is that what we do? You want, like, the actual steps of cupping coffee, or do you want... So that people know what we say when we say cupping, so they don't okay. think it's vulgar. So, 
SCAA, the Specialty Coffee Association of America, uh, has cupping protocols. Sorry, I just taught an intro-level cupping class like twice last week to well, 50 of your closest friends. You should apologize. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, that was in, I was in Tucson. We wouldn't even have Apparently to do we're this not episode. not the closest friends. 51, 52. Well, if, if 50 of your closest <laughs> friends who have $800 to go travel to Tucson oh, and spend a jerks. week. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's fair. It was amazing. Barista <laughs> camp. Barista camp. It's my second time going. It's amazing. It's a. Uh, it's run by the Barista <laughs> Guild of America. So cupping coffee is. Um, you take hot water, 195 to 205 degrees. Uh, you've got eight and a quarter grams of coffee to 150 grams of water, and we use scales for this generally. Unless you're a professional cupper, I've known a few that just grab a handful of coffee and throw it into a cup and then fill it up with water. <laughs> Probably yeah. that's what you do, right? It's bum cupping. Yeah, bum cupping. Um, and then you you have this hot water and the ground coffee, and it's sitting together, and you smell it, and you get the fragrance and the aroma. The fragrance is for before you've added water. The aroma is for after. Um, uh, let me pause you there. Yes. Um, I've never heard the terms. I've, I've just heard it as okay. dry aroma and wet aroma, but you're talking fragrance and aroma. Fragrance and aroma. Um I believe, and this is what I decided last week when I was teaching this class, <laughs> and you might want to edit this out, but fragrance is a smell that you add to something. Aroma is a smell that you create yourself. Ah. Hmm. Yes? That does make a lot of sense. Aroma, Tacoma, and, yeah. Aroma you create? Well, that's, I was being silly. Which as opposed is why to you a, as a... Ah, I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. You have an aroma, but you add a fragrance. Right. Sometimes to avoid smelling the aroma. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. But no, so That's aroma, yeah, fragrance is dry, is the, is the dry grounds, uh, according to the SEAA, and aroma is the wet coffee. Mm-hmm. After, uh, you've, after you've done that's the process the, to it. Right. You've, you've add, you add hot water to it. The hot water releases all these gases and starts interacting with the coffee and creating all of these acids and things like that. Uh, and that's the, the aroma that you're getting from the brewing of the coffee, whereas the fragrance is just from the coffee itself. This is a whole other topic, and I totally want to disagree. Really? Yeah. Well, it's the SCAA. I know. I was just reading the SCAA book on cupping. Right. We're going over that and talking about the esters and how they dissolve with the CO2 with the air, and that's the aroma that you're smelling as it being dissolved into the air. So wouldn't adding air to that process also be the same as oh, absolutely. That's adding why when you, water to the process? Yeah, I mean, but you're so getting... So both the dry and the wet then would be well, the aroma. But they, they differentiate it on the cupping form for fragrance and aroma. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you got to have different words. Right. <laughs> There's different things that are happening when, you, when you're settled. Adding. So p- point is, you start <laughs> yeah. and you smell the dry grounds. Right. Smell the dry grounds. The you water, add water to it, and the, the process is started. Right. And what happens mm-hmm. is it creates this little crust over the top, mm-hmm. and then um, you grab a cupping spoon, which is technically a bouillon spoon. It's got this really big round. I'm using my fingers, so you can't see it. This big mm-hmm. round thing, and it's deep, and you. After four minutes, you push back the crust and get your nose right down in there and you smell it. And then... Um, so that's when, releasing a lot. That's, of- yeah, so the crust is trapping a lot of these gases underneath. That's what I've always been told. I don't know if that's true. But, and the heat. And, and the, the heat, heat and, the heat and all these the- kind of things. And what's, what it does basically is you 
break the crust, which is the term breaking the crust. And all of that falls to the bottom. And when that does, it releases a whole bunch and you just get that smell. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you skim the top and then you start tasting. And according, again, to the Specialty Coffee Association's protocols, first time you go through and you're getting flavor and aftertaste, second time you go through and you start thinking about acidity and body and sweetness, and then the third time you're thinking more about overall and trying to find defect and things like that. Um, I find in real life that's not how it works because you taste it and say, oh crap, this smells like, this tastes like grapefruit and pulled pork. And grapefruit is an acidity and not a flavor, but it's the way it works anyway. Well, it's interesting you, you described those steps because I think I inadvertently did that today as I was looking at this Costa Rica mm -hmm. that you have now, which I'm going to be doing a little writing up of in the next issue. Um, and the, the first time through, I just wrote down my initial reaction, which maybe had to do with acidity or whatever, I don't know. My, fir my first reaction to it was grape juice, actually. Mm. I just sipped I it, and then I instantly remembered drinking a grape juice. I was very like, well, juicy. love finding grape juice in yeah. coffee. I've found it like three times in, in a coffee ever in my life. And anytime I've found grapes or grape juice, it's always been one of the best coffees I've ever had in my life. So, mm. um, And the second time around, it had mellowed a bit, and I just started like digging around at what is the acidity doing, because mm -hmm. it it's brighter, it's interesting. Right, and then it changes the quite a time, bit. Yeah, and the third time, I was looking at the overall. Right. Not necessarily on purpose. That's just kind of what I was looking well, at. Well, that point, too, you've been through you know, a few yeah. times, and you're able to think overall in between the cups and kind of do some comparisons. We had some really interesting coffees on the table as well. So coffee's in a bowl. Coffee's in a bowl. You're tasting it. Uh, the other thing that's really interesting that happens is, like things do, it cools a lot. And so as coffee cools, those gases and acids that we were talking about before will change. Mm -hmm. um, they, they break down, they create new ones, and so the coffee will change significantly between where you start tasting it at about 165 degrees and where you finish tasting it at about 85 degrees. Right. And the quality um, really comes out, yeah, the different exactly. processing. Good coffees out. will actually get better as it cools, and bad coffees will kind of fall apart. And what I mean by fall apart is it loses a lot of that good stuff that you got in the beginning. and. For instance, I had this one coffee during this coffee cupping that class that I was doing that completely fell apart and it tasted like nothing, absolute mm -hmm. nothing by the time it got down to room temperature. And it was really interesting because it's not something I've seen very much before. It was a, a, a naturally processed coffee and it just sort of disappeared. Hmm. It was really fruity and not fruity at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah so. There's so many things to talk to you about. We're just going to have you as every Tuesday here. <laughs> For someone who has uh, like never really thought about tasting coffee before, uh -huh. they've never, you know, never done a cupping for sure, um, you know, just kind of drank coffee normally, and, and they, they want to approach the cupping or you're, you're showing someone this process for the first time, what, what do you explain to them? In order to, because to make I find you know it's really yeah it's really hard to bring someone in and say okay well think about the acidity and the body and all right. this sort of thing and it's like well what the hell are you talking about? Well, the way I first learned how to make coffee or how to drink coffee is I didn't worry about all that. My number one thing is this coffee tastes good or this coffee mm -hmm. tastes shitty. <laughs> you know, do you like it or not? Right, exactly. Right. 
once you get past the do you like it or not, and this is how I learned how to drink whiskey too. It was like this is good whiskey, this is bad whiskey. Right. You know, is it hurting? It does it hurt you know, me as it I go of, down? It, can I feel the years coming off of my? Or jalapenos life? when you get used to spices, like having something that's really tasty right, exactly. and spicy versus. And then spicy. over time, as you're drinking more, it's easier to pick up all those things. But what's really important to know is that there's no wrong answers. If you've got somebody next to you who's, I'm going to keep using this pulled pork thing, I don't know why, but you, someone who's saying pulled pork and you're like, this doesn't taste like, I don't, this coffee, it doesn't taste like pulled pork. What the hell is wrong with you? Um, My favorite one ever, and this, I, I came to this after um, uh, the way that Sean was explaining it to some, some new folks, Sean Lee. Uh, his, his sort of explanation, introduction, was just say the first thing that comes to your mind, whatever it is, doesn't matter. And so I was tasting, I don't, I don't even remember what the coffee was. And in pops in my head, um, cheap canned chili. I remember that. Yes. I was cheap almost offended. Chili. I'm pretty sure it wasn't one of yours. <laughs> you looked me right in the eye and said, cheap canned chili. Um, yeah, first thing I ever went to, there's a, I'm gonna name drop here, a guy named John Moore who runs Noble Tree Coffee out of New York. Um, he, at the time, he was the New York sales rep for Counterculture Coffee, and he's amazing, and he's one of my favorite people, and he's got striking blue eyes, and you just Striking sort of blue yourself, eyes, You John. lose yourself in him. Um, and that might be the caption for the <laughs> And uh, he says that the coffee tastes like roast pork with mint jelly. Mint jelly. Mint jelly. I can totally imagine that coffee. Right? Absolutely. But this was my and first I love mint cupping jelly. I've ever been to in my entire life. <laughs> and I've got this guy saying that coffee tastes like roast pork with mint jelly. And it meant nothing to me. I was like, who the hell is this guy and why is he saying such stupid things? <laughs> and then yeah. I got to the point where I had, you know, several thousand coffees in my life. And I can say, okay, well, I understand what roast pork and mint jelly might be. Right. You know, and you like, read enough science as far as how the acids work and exactly. stuff like that that and you can like, picture how yeah. chemistry. I don't actually know what the that. what the acids are in roast pork or mint jelly, but I could probably figure it out. I do, and I'm not going to tell you. Okay, good. <laughs> Mostly sugars. Um, you can have a whole other thing about sugar. Yeah. Do you find it uh, difficult to reconcile the amount of experience that you have and understanding and bringing it to the table with with someone who has not? No, because I don't have any, any I no knowledge or. I mean, oh, okay, very good then. I put myself in a room with Jesse. Jesse knows way more about coffee than no. I do, and way more about coffee chemistry than I do, and he know tastes so much more coffee than I do. That like, I disagree Jesse entirely. Just, <laughs> like, None of us know anything. We're just sitting around. That's what's so fascinating about coffee is that it literally is the most complex thing that we consume. And everybody has a different take on it. I think a lot about shapes and colors and kind of like roughness of flavor when I'm tasting it. Like, you know, that's popping. That's that's something that's pointy, that's sharp, you know, and I have flavors that go with that. I mean, I almost and and that throws people when they're not expecting that. And you say it tastes pointy like a tangerine. And they don't know what that means versus right. some like, you know, two percent milk. You know, and I that's, take a and bite that's of the what I do when I'm, when I'm talking to a new barista. I don't necessarily focus on flavors. I, when I'm talking about flavors specifically, I will focus on where you're where you're tasting it. Mm-hmm. So like sweetness is at the tip of your tongue, acidity is on the side of your tongue, right. bitterness is and in comparing the back of your them tongue. against other cups. Right, and say you know you taste this and you see how you can feel it right here. 
and they go, oh yeah, I can tell. Well, that's acidity, right. you know. And what else gets you there, you know? Right, exactly. You know, it, right now I just, again finished this beer and I got this kind of tickles there. It's grapefruit. It's what it tastes like. And yeah. so you've got this acidity right here in the the middle of your tongue and this bitterness all the way down your throat and. And you can say that's what a grapefruit tastes like, and go take taste a grapefruit, and it tastes exactly right. the same way. And then people say, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Right. But magic. It's really it's fun. The same with body, when you say two percent, people know what two percent milk tastes like, unless you're lactose intolerant, and then I feel sorry for you. But <laughs> yeah, coconut milk. I mean, it's consistency, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't. But two percent milk tastes like two percent. Right, two percent. Weird. weird. Whole milk, heavy cream, butter. My first time milk. identifying that in coffee, and it's just like that. Tastes like a glass of milk. So what can the <laughs> typical coffee drinker get out of cupping? Like someone who just, they make coffee at home every day. They have like their average, you got your, your typical coffee. You get the same thing all the time. And that's what you just do in the morning. Right. Uh, but maybe, you know, maybe they want to learn some more. What can they well, get out of cupping? Is it something go to that cupping, they uh, could do themselves or? Absolutely. You go to a cupping or Finds, finds, if you have a grinder and you have a bowl and you have a spoon, you can do it yourself. Mm -hmm. That's super easy. Yeah. Um, preferably a smaller rimmed bowl that's... Like a little six ounce. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't do it in a cereal bowl because you're not going to get that crust. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd want something smaller. You could do it in a glass, like a, one of those Gibraltar glasses, whiskey glasses. It's perfect. Full juice glass. Uh-huh. That's fantastic. And then you can do it at home and it's going to help you sort of identify exactly what you're tasting in your coffee um usually there's not a ton of coffee i don't i don't usually have a lot of coffee at mm -hmm. home i do right now but that's because i just went to this barista camp thing last week mm -hmm. <laughs> but um but you can put a couple of them next to each other and see what the differences are mm -hmm. uh, you could also lots of times coffee shops have public cuppings and you can go and taste all of the coffee that they have at once really recommend like, doing that yeah absolutely um, every small roaster every startup this stuff is spreading all over the world now mm -hmm. uh, we all do cuppings conduits were always on tuesdays Stumptown is every, every single day, day. At three o'clock that was so inspirational for me when i was getting into home roasting was being able to taste all those coffees right and then go back to class right absolutely. you know it was amazing and making that accessible um and there's there's coffee tasting where you want to taste a bunch of varieties and that's why it's great to go to roasters. When we open our new shop. We're going to be cupping coffee for staff before mm -hmm. opening every single day. Every everybody on staff is going to cup every single coffee that we serve, and there's going to be like seven different coffees that we serve every day. And then there's probably at least once a week there's going to be a cupping for public that will cool. be leading. This so. is the one that's opening in Ballard. Opening in Ballard. It's going to be called Royal Drummer. Royal I'm Drummer. I'm giving you. I am giving a putting a. An official plug in here. Nice, fantastic. Royal Drummer, 65th and 24th. Is there a Twitter feed or a hashtag? Oh, we don't. We're working on the logo right now. We're getting there. All right. Um, hashtag it, it is. It will be. Yeah. <laughs> Estimation on when it's gonna open. Well, right now we we decided a month ago, February 14th. So assume sometime you know in late fall. <laughs> okay. Next year. <laughs> Next year. Um, but no, it's, right. it's happening. Build it's, out to the summer of 2016. Exactly. Um, but I'm hoping February 14th. Beautiful space. Hope. It is gorgeous. I can't wait. We have got, I've been watching that space for a long time and always wondering. We have 1,800 square feet in front of house. We've got 1,000 square feet back in house. We're going to have a full kitchen. We're going to be doing quiz. We're going to have a rotating menu that's nationwide. So we're going to be choosing a different cuisine from each part of the country and rotating oh. it every four months. We're going to do four different roasters at a time. And every four months, we're going to rotate those out. Um, it's going to be 
fantastic. It's going to be something special. We got all the coolest equipment. I don't really care about having all the coolest equipment, but some of it is really cool. <laughs> Gets into that precision. Exactly. Yeah. This is a totally different subject, but I yeah, really yeah. like the um, the like food focused or food. F- Food forward, food forward, coffee cafes. forward, cafe, Co- coffee forward, like restaurants. restaurant cafes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they got they got all this going down in Australia. It's really oh yeah, absolutely, and that's yeah. a lot and of I've what been I've been, some of those, and they're I've been, really fun, really cool. I've been really active on Pinterest, mm-hmm. ah, yes. looking at all of the things <laughs> that are happening in Australia. Yeah, um, and that's a lot of the inspiration is having really great food. It's not going to be sit down restaurant. We're gonna it's still going to be counter service, and you'll get your little flag. You're going to go sit down, and we'll bring mm-hmm. the food to you, and we'll bring the coffee to you, mm-hmm. and et cetera. Yeah. No That's more. an upgrade, though. Table service for coffee is great. Yeah, absolutely. And not everybody wants table service. You know, nope. a lot of, lot of coffee is to go, so I'm not going to worry about that. But everybody's going to have their little flag, and they're just going to hold it. Right. And we got to sell coffee. Absolutely. You can't do some table service or a lot of things forever. Right. Unless I want to <laughs> charge 12 bucks for a lot. There's no money in coffee. <laughs> anybody that's listening to about starting cafe. You yeah. should, but there's no money in it. It's it's only love, only, only love, and like right. twenty bucks. <laughs> if you happen, to, <laughs> no, only love and a sandwich. If you yeah. happen to work for a large Failed. tech company, you can do that in your spare time mm-hmm. while you're making money yeah. from another job. But that's the only way you're making money while working in coffee. <laughs> Factual. Or open twenty stores. That's or start with a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, and then have none. Right. <laughs> We're right for a while. So there's an event coming up. There's an event coming up, yes. And it has to do with cupping. It does. It's going to be on October 1st, and, which is a Thursday at 6 o'clock at the QED Coffee Roastery. And I can give you an address. I, I don't have it on me. And I have to it's on Occidental and Soto. Occidental and Soto. There is a and Facebook group for it. What we're doing is we're taking a lot of the cupping stuff and pulling it away. So we're going to brew all of the coffee in a feco, you know, in a batch brewer. And it's... Like I said at the very beginning, we're doing triangulation. So we're going to have two different coffees, uh, two two cups of one coffee and one cup of the other, and you will try and figure out which one it is. And there's not going to be grounds, there's not going to be fragrance or aroma or any of that. It's just going to be tasting it and saying this one is different than that one. And it's fast. And it's super fast. There's a time element because it's it's head-to-head? Yeah, it will be. So the first round is going to be... We're going to have 20 people, and they're all going to be going after, like, eight cups and figuring out which ones are wrong uh, on a piece of paper. All right. Just bring so earplugs to that. Seriously. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, like, friendly I might, pushing. I might get David. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It'd be funny if I did this. <laughs> and yeah, here's coffee in your eye. Mm-hmm. Um, I might get David Yake to compete, so everybody will go deaf. Yeah, to that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> with this shrill whistle. Yeah. Oh God, it's just. We didn't even get into thing. slurping. We didn't. But we can. We could. <laughs> anyway. I don't think that's necessary. Well, we can talk about <laughs> it very briefly. Sure. Since we didn't cover. But let's that finish before. the we competition. Okay, yeah, competition. Yeah, we didn't even get slurping. to the end of coffee. Coffee. Anyway, no. competition. <laughs> um, so we'll have twenty people, and they're going to be like jockeying for position around this thing, and then the top four are going to have we're going to have two rounds. Uh, and I don't actually want to say what exactly we're going to be doing for those Can't. two rounds. It, it's a secret. Okay. I mean, I've been thinking about this, and we were talking about it today, so I know you have to keep it a secret. It's a Because secret. we've it's, already been discussing right. it as far as what could the potential things be. Right. And exactly. I really don't know at all. Like, I, I'm not, and I'm even on the email tree, but I don't know. But I know that in the past there's been things where they have 
very different coffees of right. Mexico, like a, a wash versus a natural from Ethiopia. The first round, and then they'll get as complicated as changing up the grind setting. Right. You know, or, yeah. uh, or like when it was ground, that was the other one I was trying to think of. Think of. Right. It was it, ground it was, a couple days earlier. There's ones that we've done that's two coffees from the same farm but different elevations, mm-hmm. which is really hard. Um, last year, we did a really fun one that was matching pairs. Right. So we had five coffees on one row and three coffees on the other, and you had to match up which ones went where. Right. That was tough. I didn't do very well at that. I wasn't even competing. What I think is fascinating about this, and what I love so much about promoting the cup tasters in general, is such an accessible way for people to really Mm -hmm. sort of geek out or watch other people geek out on coffee. It's a competition, so if you're a little competitive, it's sort of like like trivia night. Like You can just kind of throw your number in and see if it comes up. Right. And we have a lot of fun. It's not a big drain on the cafe space or anything like that, necessarily. And... Um, but anybody can come in and you really even if you don't do very well you can tell a difference in these cups of coffee which is remarkable you know and there's also that fun thing it's very jovial right and most people don't do very well I mean there's true actually Sam Brandvine is the only one who ever does well it's crazy I was trying to remember her name earlier because she's unstoppable she's the only one who's ever won this as far as I know she's won every single one of them except for that one that we did matching pairs because I don't think she competed um and uh, Janet won one. Janet won one. You're right. Yep. And Lacey, right. but Sam wasn't there. Right. Yeah. Sam just wins all of them. She and every time there's a prize like a home home uh, grinder. Yeah, the prizes are great. Sponsorships. Are great. Uh, so sponsors this time we've I don't actually know what the prizes are, but we've got a grinder from Barazza. We've got brewing stuff from Bonavita. We've got espresso parts has thrown some stuff in. Yama, the brewing company, has thrown some stuff in. Uh, we've got cash, so 20 people are competing at 10 bucks a piece. That's $200 cash for the winner. Uh, and then coffee, I assume, from Conduit and Tony's and yeah. QED. So, like... Leftovers, pre-ground, baby. Lots of coffee. Lots of stuff. Lots of prizes. It's too much stuff, honestly. We need to, like, spread some of that out to other competitions that are right. coming up. Um, but <laughs> Good call. Okay. Mental note here while it's on the podcast. We'll listen to it later. Right. Um, um but, yeah, no, huge things. And then I forgot what I was going to say before I started talking about sponsors. <laughs> we love our sponsors. <laughs> Look for it on, on Twitter, sure. Northwest Cup Tasters. Northwest Cup Tasters. Sure, I will um, <laughs> ask David There about is that. a handle. We're so all on our social place. media right now. It's, um, so this, this Northwest Cup Tasters, this is a pretty, like, are these pretty much almost all just like baristas from the area? Actually, uh, last time that we did it, it was at Diablo, which is my store. And first place was Sam Brandvine, as usual. But second place was one of my baristas, was one of my customers. Um, and he came in second place and he had only just started drinking coffee the week before. <laughs> and it was friggin' ridiculous. Like, I don't understand how that happened because it's not easy. And he just came in and he's just like, this is tastes like this, and this is right, and this is right, and this is right, and screw you guys, right. going home. There's a, there's a certain, just like a synapse you have to develop of being able to connect the flavors and what you're tasting to how to, how you articulate that. Probably some good uh, little psych- psychological element to it there. I mean, yeah. once you start questioning your own reactions, right. then you're then you're you know, done. And but, some people, you know. They just get that stuff. Yeah, they taste yeah. better, and they just are more dialed in for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I haven't won one of these. That's what's cool is it's surprising. And uh-huh. it's never... I mean, Mark did pretty well at one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, Bavari from Broadcast and people like this that are excellent covers. I mean, they, yeah, they know their coffee inside and out, and it's... And they can still lose right. to a... 14-year-old. Four, yeah. 13-year-old exactly. one. Macy could win one of these, no problem. I don't yeah. know why she doesn't do it more often. <laughs> because we don't have enough competitions. Right. This She'll is an effort, and you're going to hear a lot about this, I think, just in side conversations yeah. on this podcast, but this is an effort, and this is sort of the first event on October 1st, mm-hmm. Thursday. We have another one coming up on October 21st or 2nd, something like that. Yep. And that's going to be, be at Aeropress at right. Morsel. That one's a little bit more complicated. That's mm-hmm. a recipe thing, but anybody's welcome to join. That's a fun one. And then in December, we have our big latte art party right. public event. That's going to be great. But then we're going to get into this cup tasting thing, and I think that's the goal for 2016 is to kind of do these these events at least once a month so that there's something for the community to get involved with. Right. And and I really want to do more um, talks and roundtables and debates and get all this stuff off Twitter. I'd love to dig around and see uh, what other communities around the country and the world are doing stuff like this. Because, I mean, I know we have some listeners from from this area right but i know we definitely have listeners who are not from this area <laughs> well and anybody listening please email us and yeah. contact somehow um Sometime. if you have any ideas twitter yes <laughs> coffee lovers mag uh at twitter on facebook uh instagram pinterest yep. uh email is currently joseph at coffee lovers because the radio one broke <laughs> it was the show at coffee lovers and for some reason, it's not working right now. And I haven't fixed it. I'm going to blurt out your Gmail address. Mess everything up. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll just That's what I was going to say about, <laughs> about the coffee tasters thing. Uh, I don't Go know ahead. how this works. Put it back in. But talking about accessibility, that this is so accessible because there's, it's, everybody knows how everybody did. Like if you go to a barista competition and it's about the presentation and it's about what taste what it tastes like and what it looks like and the only people that get to decide what it tastes like are the four judges that you've got, right? With this, it's there's a dot on the bottom of the thing and the judge walks up and says, No, you got that wrong. Yeah, you got that right. And mm-hmm. he lifts up the thing and everybody can see and everybody right. knows what's happening and it's completely and a, on the up and up. And a lot of people are surprised that they get yeah, it right. Absolutely. The last time I did one of these I got I yeah. had a round where I got them all right. I was like, how the hell did I do that? Yeah. They're very <laughs> friendly. And uh-huh. it doesn't take anything other than the willingness to kind of slurp coffee out of a spoon in front of a bunch of people. Right. Really loudly. <laughs> really awkwardly. David Yake. I'm just going to keep calling out David Yake's horrible slurp. Also, one of my baristas, Ori Tuller, who works at Cloud City. It doesn't matter. I, she hates the sound of slurping. Hates it so much. And so she was in my cupping class, and 50 people in the classroom were all slurping coffee, and she was just like, had earplugs in, and she was just horrified. It was the best thing ever. Uh, slurping. Because we, yeah, we wanted, we're to, get, about we wanted to loop back, since we're talking about slurping anyway. Right. right. Like the importance what of is the, the point slurping? of slurping? Okay, so we got to the tasting of we coffee. We get to the tasting, and you're going to slurp this coffee. And why are you going to slurp the coffee? Because you want to get and spray across your entire palate, right? So you're breathing in this coffee, it goes down your throat into your lungs, it gives you pneumonia, and it goes up into your nose and into your sinuses, and you start whatever. Um, hopefully none of that happens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we, gonna... we do not endorse uh, that practice. No, I, it happened to me once last week, and I was coughing for a good three hours. <laughs> uh, but you're slurping this coffee, and you're, what you're doing is you're spraying it between your two front teeth, it works for me because I have a big gap between my two front teeth. Um, 
it's more difficult for other people. Huh. You actually spray it between the teeth. Between the teeth. I guess so. Yep. I hadn't thought of that. I have a pretty good gap too. That's mm -hmm. not at all what I do. You don't have to try that. Really um, and that just sprays it everywhere. And what happens is it means you can take a very small amount of coffee and get a lot of taste out of it. And so you'll hear it when you're at a professional cupping, you can hear it from three or four blocks away because they are so loud. People take pride in the amount of sound that they can make with mm -hmm. slurping coffee. And then when you find yourself cupping coffee a lot, you start slurping everything, like cups of water yep. and beer and yeah. If and it's in a glass form, all cups of coffee, pretty much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely everything gets slurped. So we, uh, so we got the slurping uh, through the teeth, onto the tongue, taste everything. Right. That's about it. That's, that's the importance of slurping. Yeah. That's, that's the most important part about probably the cupping as far as being able to do it at home and smelling that, breaking the crust. And then that final point when you actually go through all that effort and then you I, I and mean, taste and the coffee wait, as I well. Mean, I guess this is sort of a small thing, but I would say the most important thing is tasting coffee with the intent of tasting it. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if you make a huge slurp. You don't have to be David right. Yake, but nobody here has heard David Yake, but if you can get a recording of him <laughs> slurping coffee, you should, and just use it as like your ringtone on your phone. <laughs> just imagine like jamming Q-tips way too far into your ear. Yeah, or, <laughs> or standing really close to a jet engine. Yeah, it's, it's like an inverse, like super inhale whistle. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's weird. Yeah. Well, I've heard uh, Andrew. Yeah. Oh, he's and he said too. he's not even not close even to close. Not, yeah, like he's. I've heard other. I've like a bunch of coffee growers that I've met in uh, you know from Guatemala and such. They're even louder than David. I've never heard him whistle though. Is he a crazy? David, whistler? I don't know. I should. He can't. He can't actually whistle. No. <laughs> Send him a text no. message and see if he'll do it. Can you whistle? <laughs> we could make that the intro. He can't to the... breathe through his nose. He's <laughs> a breathing defect. That's why he whistles. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, and then of course uh, tasting through a few times, tasting waiting, through, yeah, letting it cool, uh, tasting, and, uh, and then additionally, you can't say that something tastes like white nectarines if you haven't tasted white nectarines. You know, taste a lot of things. Go to the grocery store and find Smell some them. fruit that you've never had and buy it. Buy a bunch of dried fruit. Sit down and taste it. You know, if you see a I think Kuma coffee is really good for this, putting flavors on there that you've never seen before. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of one that was up there recently. Dragon fruit. Dragon fruit. Yeah, there's that's one. A, yeah. That's, that's a Kuma favorite that he likes to put on there. And just find a dragon fruit and eat it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, all of that, because that's just, all that's going to do is increase your palate. And then you're going to remember what dragon fruit tasted like and know what, again, what it does to your tongue so you can, uh, mint herbs when you're eating like find like Thai food there's a lot of good seasonings herbal seasonings and stuff that you can sort of pinpoint and taste uh -huh. and think about white nectarines yellow nectarines mint jelly uh-huh it's a whole interesting pork process uh -huh. of, I think just being eat more, a lot of uh, pulled pork it's good for your soul and your heart more present with the uh, <laughs> the food and drink that you're consuming right but I think most right. people don't slow down and actually think about the flavors and depends on how long my shift has been because lots of times I'll not slow down. I'll just grab a giant thing of pulled pork sandwich and just inhale the whole thing. <laughs> Obviously, I just have you want had lunch. Pork. <laughs> Thank you for listening, folks. <laughs> Tune in next week or the week after. <laughs>